Stop punishing yourself with bland, chalky protein shakes and fuel your fitness with the best protein in the game at GNC. We've got the hottest brands and flavors that legit taste like cookies, your favorite cereal, indulgent desserts, and more. It's on at GNC. Welcome to another episode of I am Justin Goodrum, drumming at Thomas. What's up, man? Hey, what's up, man? How are you doing? Good, man. Good. Um, I have to say, besides the summertime going to a beach or a pool, I've never seen this many uh, dudes without wearing any t-shirts before in my life just watching SportsCenter. Uh, <laughs> going up to the press conference, um, they're pretty much um, copying J.R. Smith's uh, swag by uh, not wearing the not wearing the shirt. Do you think this will be a trend um, for future teams to you know taking off your shirt and win a title? God, I hope not. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> who knows? That, that's interesting. Um, yeah, J.R. Smith leading the way. Who'd have thought? <laughs> right? Who would have thunk it? I agree. On uh, today's show, we're going to break down the NBA Finals. Um, the Los Angeles Lakers capture um, the 2020 NBA title by defeating the Miami Heat in Game 6, 106-93. to The game was not that close. A complete blowout. So we'll discuss game six, um, discuss game five. People are heralding that game. That's one of the greatest um, NBA finals games ever. So we'll break that down Um, and break down kind of what we thought of this kind of the entire playoffs as a whole um, in terms of watching games in the bubble. But first, as always, housekeeping notes. I'll get in touch with the show through Facebook and Twitter. Um, Check us out at Hoopsology Pod both on those social media platforms. Leave us comments, questions, etc. Leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, find us on Hoopsology. We're available um, on, like I said, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and all of your podcasting platforms. So, man, let's get into it. Game six went down today. I was hoping for a more dramatic um, game six. You know, I, I think a lot of fans want to see that coveted game seven. But uh, we didn't get it. The Lakers pretty much destroyed the Miami Heat. A spectacular performance by LeBron James. Um, the stat sheet doesn't necessarily show that. I mean, it, I mean, he had a triple double. But if you watch the game, you can just see how he asserted his dominance. Um, what did you think of his performance? I mean, he came out like a man possessed. Like there was nothing that's going to stop him. Um, even when in the third quarter, uh, the Lakers had the game pretty much in hand. LeBron kept his um, barreling down the middle. And I think we've discussed this before when LeBron is motivated and when he is just like a freight train, he's pretty unstoppable. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what else can you say? He was incredible. He he was a man on a mission. He got it done. I don't think it's anyone's surprise. I, I think really, to be honest, I'm more surprised this series went the full six games after those injuries. Me too happened to the heat yeah so you know so in that sense i mean total credit to the miami heat for at least making this series somewhat interesting and especially the man you mentioned jimmy butler uh really you know tonight was unfortunate he had i think um 12 points eight rebounds and like 10 assists or something like that um Mm -hmm. so certainly put up some effort but the Low number of field goals he attempted was kind of puzzling to me, but I know he was exhausted after game five. And I'm just wondering if, you know, once LeBron put his foot down on the gas, um, it, it just kind of squashed his hopes of, of returning. 
uh, and, and kind of turning things around with another amazing performance in game six. But, you know, people always rip on LeBron James for not having a killer instinct, not uh, being a guy in the clutch, not having this this mentality. But I think tonight you saw LeBron's style of this. And, and that is that he can be so dominant in a first half where you don't need that <laughs> that clutch moment in the fourth quarter. And tonight was a perfect example of that. So so I do think we have to give credit to him for that credit, credit where credit's due. He definitely, in my opinion, there there was some debate, I think, up until game three and then maybe again in game four when Anthony Davis was guarding Jimmy Butler and was able to to kind of mess with Jimmy Butler, kind of wreck the Heat's rhythm in game four. Uh, there was a little debate that maybe Anthony Davis, in spite of that game three, would be finals MVP. But I, I think it feels like the right call to give that to LeBron James. Um, I'll, I'll turn it back to you. I mean, what are your thoughts on LeBron's performance? And do you think it's it's the right call that he gets that finals MVP? Yeah, it's the right call he got the finals MVP. Um, I think to your point, Matt, about Jimmy Butler real quick. I, I, the starters, I'm sorry, I call them the starters, but no dunks, Inc. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking of NBA TV last year, but um, I, I truly think they hit the nail on the head. Just Jimmy Butler ran out of gas. I mean, just it was just so physically taxing on him that I just thinking this game, they, they were just, you can just tell that the Lakers clamped down and the, the Miami Heat just don't have that, you know, superstar that's able to stay, hit shots and to propel the momentum. And I really do think home court was a massive factor in this game just because typically in huge runs you the crowd can get you back in it one or two plays can flip the momentum you don't have that i mean basically the lakers have full reign there's no crowd to really distract you or to motivate the other team um so i just think the lakers have full reign to pretty much dominate um the miami heat um i agree with you i think he's the mvp of the series um but at the same time i really think that anthony davis you know, proved his worth as well, not only in this series, but also the entire playoffs. So credit to LeBron and then credit to really their defense. And, you know, you brought this up when we were texting each other during the game, Frank Vogel, this, the defensive prowess on this team, I was truly impressed. I mean, that he had no chance just from a defensive standpoint, they're smothering Tyler hero. They're smothering Jimmy Butler. The length is too much. And when you have LeBron just, basically motivated to destroy you. Um, There's really nothing you can do. So um, I was impressed with the Lakers. This was the Lakers that I thought was going to sweep the Miami Heat, to be honest, before the finals Mm. started. Um, But, you know, we we didn't see that uh, throughout the series. So um, overall, I I was really impressed, you know, by, by this game. And I think looking at it, Credit goes to the Miami Heat for taking them to six games when they had really no business to. Um, yes. I want to ask, I want to ask you, Matt, because we'll we'll talk about the LeBron factor and Anthony Davis and the Lakers um, much more in this podcast and in future podcasts. So I want to get the Miami Heat um, their just due. Um, yeah. Where does the Heat go from here? I know we kind of discussed this last week, but this was kind of a I wouldn't say a fluke season, but certainly unexpected. I mean, very few people, if any, were picking the Miami Heat to go to the finals. Um, 
Do you think this opens up, you know, this was kind of an audition for free agents uh, for Pat Riley to present his case that Miami is the best case destination. I mean, he can obviously say, you know, just we're in a pandemic and, you know, we didn't really have that premier star player besides Jimmy Butler. And we made it to the finals and took the Lakers to six games. Just imagine if, you know, Giannis or, you know, know, Embiid, you know, or any other big time free agent becomes available. I mean, Miami's going to be a huge destination, um, not only this year, but for future years. Um, Do you see that playing a factor in future seasons? Or is this just a, kind of like an anomaly? And do you see, you know, still big name free agents not wanting, maybe not wanting to go there? Well, doors wide open uh, because I don't think this this Heat team is going away. Now, yeah, they they might not be able to fight off the Bucks again next year. The Nets might be dominant depending on how Katie and Kyrie come back. We talked about that a lot with our buddy Josh last week. You can check that out. But yeah, perfect destination because you have, and actually, I think also because of the change that you've seen in Jimmy Butler, like throughout these finals, he was really a great distributor. Uh, you had you had some great assist numbers from Jimmy Butler along with the scoring. So he showed that he's not really who we thought he was on the Timberwolves and who we who we may have thought he was on Philadelphia, where he was kind of the guy who's like, hey. I'm the toughest one out here. I am going to take the last shot. Um, You know, and and there was kind of like maybe a a ball hoggy type, um, you know, look to him um, that, you know, maybe was was unjust, undeserved. Um, But, you know, we we talked about that. There was drama around Jimmy Butler. So there's kind of like this negative connotation with him when when we were thinking of him. But he kind of disproved all that. So you have a superstar who's smart still is is that tough alpha guy but very very willing to distribute you have uh, you know unfortunately because of injury the second leading scorer for the heat in the finals was Tyler Hero another guy who because of his ability to create a shot and get open and cut to the lane uh he also is very creative doesn't quite have the vision of like Luka who you know is like the ultimate example but but he's a guy that, because of his craftiness, he creates um, a lot of open opportunities for players as well for for jump shots or, you know, cuts to the lane. And Tyler Hero's 20, and he was the second leading scorer on this team um, for the finals anyway. Uh, so you have you could definitely bring back another year of of Jimmy Butler and Dragic as, as kind of the two older veterans on this team. And then you could also anticipate that Tyler Hero is just going to get better. He's only 20. And Bam Adebayo is arguably the best player on this team. Many people were saying by the end of this playoff run, I personally would still say Jimmy Butler at this point, but I think Bam has a really high ceiling. At least we, we saw even in this game tonight, you know, even though at times it was, it was in garbage time, we saw Bam actually take the ball across half court uh, and, and we kind of got a little showcase of how he can distribute the ball. So, I mean, we, we talk those four guys that we mentioned right there are all guys who can distribute the ball, do a little bit of everything on offense. And so that's just a fun team to play with, a fun roster to play on, I would think. And then you have the added factor of Pat Riley can throw his rings on the table. Coach Spolstra is amazing. 
and you get to live in Miami and play on the Miami Heat. So I think a very, very tantalizing team for a potential free agent to join. And I know this free agency class is weaker than the one the following year that everyone is, of course, geared up for, you know, which, of course, is Giannis. Is is Giannis going to come? So maybe the Heat doesn't do anything to save room for potentially Giannis coming in. But if if they are open to signing someone, I think they're a prime destination. I mean, them along with Denver, along with potentially this this Lakers team, to be honest, depending on how things shake out with who they bring back on contracts next year. Um, this this Lakers team is kind of a Frankenstein mercenary team, I would describe them as. So I imagine their roster is going to look very different next year. Not not in terms of LeBron and AD, but the guys around them may be very different. So anyway, what what are your thoughts on, let, let's stick with the Heat as, as you originally intended there. What are your thoughts on them as a destination? Do you, are you as bullish on them as I am? Or am I looking at this with rose colored glasses? No, I, I'm very bullish with you, man. Um, I think not. I think I like Tyler Hero. I think he's been really a revelation in this series. And along with Butler, and it, it, Butler has a game where I don't think we're going to see the quite, like, you know, 40 points one night and then 35 points another um, in future seasons because of the wear and tear on his body, even though he takes really good care of it. Maybe I'm wrong, but he still, he's going to be a player where he's going to be a huge factor, even though maybe the physical gifts might be deteriorating. So he's going to be such a leader on that team for future years that um, his presence is going to be highly valuable for any free agent who goes there and who wants to win. So that's going to be a premier destination. Not only that, really, I have to take a look at the other teams that have been really disappointing. I mean, the Philadelphia 76ers, do you really want to go there if you're a free agent? Probably. Drama. <laughs> Drama. I mean, really, other than really the, the Toronto Raptors. <clears throat> I mean, the the Boston Celtics, um, disappointing, and then with the with the Bucks. I mean, with Giannis's future. So that established Eastern Conference, a lot of those teams have like drama or questions, and look at even Brooklyn, right? Like, yep. that's a question mark. I mean, I have my serious doubts about that team. So Miami is the premier destination in the East where I'm going, at least. So, Brooklyn doesn't seem like it's going to be fun. If, no. if you're not KD or Kyrie, it doesn't seem it's like gonna it's going to be fun, in my opinion. It's going to be fun from a drama standpoint. <laughs> I like well, for TV, us, but so. yeah, I mean, if, if you're going to be on their roster, it's That's probably true. not going to be fun, no, in my opinion. Not at all. Got to put agree. up with Kyrie yeah. all year. And it sucks for those players, especially in the bubble this year and, you know, in years past that, you know, they have come to play. I mean, they haven't rolled over just because they're superstars coming. And now, you know, these guys are coming in. We already saw, you know, what was it? Two weeks into this season, there was already issues with Kyrie Irving. So, I, yeah, I, I, I like you, like you said, I don't think um, Brooklyn's going to be a, a fun place for you know other uh, free agents to go and for players in that team to play with them. But um, certainly back to the Heat, I, I think that makes him a premier destination um, in the Eastern Conference. I, I want to ask you, Matt about LeBron, and it's, and it's interesting because today, um, for the first time, I showed my girlfriend um, LeBron James and, you know, him flopping. Not the greatest impression of LeBron. Um, 
just kind of because we're talking about soccer flopping and we we watched some NBA flopping and it wasn't just him. We talked about James Harden and other players, but you know, she had an interesting perspective in terms of how I think others look at him with his greatness. I mean, this, I mean, LeBron encompasses I think you and I's kind of I would say high school to adult fandom of the NBA mm-hmm. um, after Michael Jordan and. He's always kind of lived in the shadow of Michael. And now we're transitioning to a phase in which a lot of the younger viewership of the league, they have no reference of Michael Jordan other than the last dance. And in that, in that documentary, he still, I think Michael just seems like this mythical creature. um, That's not really kind of relatable to today's game um, compared to LeBron where he's been in the finals every single year, despite him only winning four of them. So I, I guess what I'm asking is with all of LeBron's faults and, and it with, includes the flopping, but it includes the decision, um, includes just maybe his drama with Kyrie or maybe with this year, just the, maybe the China stuff, social justice stuff, kind of the, Outside factors that don't necessarily matter in his basketball legacy. I guess my question is, do you think fans don't really appreciate what LeBron is doing? Even if he said, I don't know if you saw in the post-game press conference or even when they were interviewing him when he won the MVP trophy, he Mm -hmm. said he wants his damn respect. I mean... That's that's a pretty telling statement. I think he's he's sick of it. (laughs) I mean, he's at the end of his tolerance of being disrespected do you think overall do you think he's being disrespected in terms of a legacy as a player in terms of appreciating him because obviously we know he's a hall of famer we know he's going to be one of the top five greatest players of all time but in terms of that goat status in terms of you know being at that elite level i mean there's some staunch opposition that will refuse to have lebron you know even in front of kobe you know, let alone Michael Jordan. So I guess, what are your thoughts on LeBron's legacy? And do you think he's being underappreciated? Hmm. You bring up a lot of great points there. And it's something that we can't, you know, there's no way to fully answer that uh, because the next five years are going to be so telling. But I, I think, you know, it's, it's interesting to think of it this way. When, when you're talking about off the court, And this is part of the reason I want to see what the next five years do for the NBA, because this year, obviously for every sports league, but especially for the NBA was very unique. And we've talked about this a lot on our podcast, you know, that that what the NBA did this year was was very different. Um, And I mean, first of all, I think. What deserves praise, definitely, without a doubt, without controversy is, I mean, congratulations to the NBA for being able to get through the 2020 season. And to do that, you know, you and I were talking this summer about are the playoffs going to get shut down because of COVID spread? Yeah. And and that was a very real apprehension for this season. Um, But anyway, back on point, when, so you had, okay. And we have to go back to the eighties for this because, because we need this story arc. You had magic and bird build up the popularity of the league in the 80s with their you know, iconic clashes in the NBA Finals. They met several times. They clashed. Bird beat Magic. Magic beat Bird. Back and forth, etc. Um, built up the popularity of the league. 
handed that off, that baton off, so to speak, to Jordan, who then made the NBA, you know, I'm, the NFL was still more popular in terms of ratings and things like that among casual sports fans, especially. But Jordan brought NBA, the NBA to heights that it had never reached before and also made the NBA the league of individual stars, individual personalities, and really kind of set the table for, you know, the 2000s for this league to continue to expand. When you look at what's happened, and this isn't certainly isn't all on LeBron, but when you look at what's happened over the last three years, especially with ratings declining uh, every single year, the past three years, and really there being a lot of controversy, you, you know, and some people don't like that this has been controversial and that's understandable because, you know, they're all for the NBA, um, you know, being being activists, you know, let's just say it's straightforward. Um, they're really for that. Some fans feel really divided about that. And, and we did see that in the ratings. I don't think politics is is the only reason. And, and I've made videos talking about that that you can check out. So not to get too deep in the woods. But my large point here is LeBron's legacy is going to be impacted without a doubt if ratings keep declining. And if, if you see the CBA go down for future generations, I think... LeBron being the head of the league is going to face some fair criticism for that happening. Now, in terms of on the courts, I mean, I think it's it's LeBron and Jordan now at this point. LeBron winning three finals MVPs on three different teams. He, he has four finals MVPs on three different teams. Excuse me. Um, I, I mean, the, the individual accolades are piling up and. You know, it's it's going to be that argument between LeBron and Jordan of do you want like this 20 year amazing career that LeBron has or do you want peak Jordan and do you want six and oh in the finals or do you want more finals appearances, more um, more, I guess, longevity and like career building stats of of being. Uh, so dominant in the playoffs, so far into the playoffs every single year. You know, and, and that's a question that we're going to be arguing um, long after LeBron is retired. But but I do think, you know, he, with this title, has maybe separated off from um, maybe away from Kareem. Although, you know, again, that's, that's an argument a lot of people would uh, make against me. But I think it's LeBron and Jordan at this point. Uh, I certainly praise LeBron for... Uh, definitely his his performance on the court over the past 17 years. I mean, what an amazing career. People will always put him down, have something to say about him. Uh, I mean, really, ever since the decision, that, that was a, a turning point there where a lot of people left the LeBron train and were never going to get back on it again. Um, so, you know, I think I, I'm not scared to predict that I think LeBron is going to be remembered as greater than Jordan by the time we're like five years after he's retired. So that's going to require more time. I'm, I'm not say, I'm not willing to say that right now, but I think the argument is getting closer and closer to Jordan. Um, I know you have a lot of thoughts on this and I went for a long time there. So I want to give you a good long time to respond. Yeah. Um, so first I want to lay out what you said earlier about the ratings. And, and here's an article from Yahoo Sports. Um, 
here's here what it says. So viewership for the Major League Baseball playoffs is down 39% compared to last season. Hmm. Um, NFL season's down 14%. NHL playoffs on a 25% drop in viewership, 61% drop in the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, Kentucky hmm. Der- the Kentucky Derby um, came in at 9.3 million versus an average of 15 million. Um, WWE, their ratings have been historically low. They've been terrible. The the only mm-hmm. sport I've seen, and again, I don't I don't watch college football, so I don't know about that. But the only sport that seems to be thriving in this environment has been the UFC. They have seen mm-hmm. solid ratings and really great buy rates. Really, other than that, everybody else's ratings are down. So I would say this year you can have I would throw out just from a coronavirus perspective because uh, everybody's ratings are low. I don't really know why it's a bizarre scenario just because everybody's staying home. And especially with the NBA finals, that's on broadcast television. That's not on cable. So that it's a peculiar um, reasoning why that's happening. I think for LeBron, since he's had such a long career playing for different teams, um, playing in the various environments throughout his career, there's a there's two sides of the equation. It's kind of I don't know, Matt, have you ever watched um, these hip hop um, top ten lists that, that used to come out? Um, these these hip hop journalists used to um, mm. have a roundtable and they uh-huh. would discuss, okay, who's the hottest rapper in the game? And they would have ten um, what points or categories in which they came up with this. So one would be lyrics, one would be um, revenue bringing in one would be album sales <clears throat> one would be intangibles one would be um i guess relatability all these other categories i guess my point is is that with lebron james categorizing it as his playing ability and the intangibles outside of the court mm. i think for me now for with with LeBron, I think it's unfair to necessarily peg the ratings on him completely. Yeah, I agree. Declining. I think, especially through this decade, we've seen him from the Heat, where they're the most hated team in the league, and you know ratings were up because there people wanted to see them lose. People hated LeBron, um, and then you saw him go to Cleveland, in which you saw the Golden State Warriors become the established team you know, in the NBA. And then mm-hmm. you saw a shift where Golden State, through various reasons, were not relevant on TV, especially this year. And LeBron got hurt last season. Um, the, the league's gone through a lot of change. I think sticking into the legacy argument, I would put LeBron number two. It's just, For me, it's hard to deny him as just a number two player when he's been to the finals consistently ever since his career started. I mean, that's an insane stat. I mean, that's this, you can't fluke your way to that many NBA finals, right? I mean, especially in the modern era, there's no way. Yeah. It's impossible. It, that just speaks to his, his greatness. And for him to win four, I think it's pretty telling on his legacy. I, I do think these other factors, um, will, hurt him in the long run whether it's fair or not 
And I think we're going to see a Kobe-esque syndrome. I think while Kobe was here, people did not appreciate Kobe's legacy, including myself, to be honest. And I think, sadly, it took his death to really appreciate what he did in his career. And I think probably, I, I, I'm not even say LeBron retiring in the next few years, but him, you know, I hate to be grim, but, you know, him passing away to really appreciate his greatness. Mm. Um, I think as long as he's alive, I just don't think he's going to get that respect. And I think, I don't know, there's something about death. I hate to be grim, but I think that makes people put things in a lot more of a fair perspective since that person is no longer actively living. And I, I think for LeBron, there's a lot of that angst because of the Michael Jordan syndrome. I think just because, you know, with Skip Bayless, I mean, he even though people hate him, there's a lot of people that kind of have those feelings of, hey, you were the chosen one, you wore 23, you know, you do the chalk tossing, you do all this stuff, you know, Michael did. I can never put you in that class just because you didn't go 6-0. and I mean, if you look at it, if he wins four more titles, you know, people are still going to say, well, Jordan won six in a row. <laughs> I mean, he's undefeated. I mean, no matter what LeBron do, if LeBron wins 10 more championships, he's still not undefeated in the finals. So I think people still are going to hold that against him. I agree. I LeBron James's game. I think he, from a physical standpoint, he's the most physically imposing and dynamic player the league has ever seen. I think for me, just, I don't know. This is my, just my own opinion. I still think Michael Jordan is just the superior competitor and player. I just think Michael had a unrelenting style to him and a refusal to lose in certain situations that I've seen LeBron have. And not only him, I've seen Kobe crack too. Um, and I just think at certain points, especially in the 90s, I, I never saw that from Michael. So I give Michael that edge. But again, it's subjective. Mm-hmm. And I'm still willing to give LeBron um, that, you know, that respect of this modern era. He's he's the, he's the best, I think. Um, I just, I've never seen a player that, again, that can affect the game in so many different ways and be so um, intelligent on the court in terms of making the right move. But at the same time, at this point of his career, it's kind of already too late for him in the whole GOAT discussion. I I just I don't just see him, you know, catching Michael. Even with six titles, I just think the bias is still going to be too strong. And I don't know. I, I mean, you saw it this year, um, you know, with the whole MVP discussion. I mean, Giannis won MVP. You know, how it's just so subjective. I just don't think that he's going to get that momentum. But we'll see. I mean, I think he takes care of his body. He has that, what, $2 million gym in his house um, to keep him in prime shape. But I've, I've rambled on. But I think the, the bottom line is that I just think the bias against him is just too strong um, to put him ahead of Michael. But, I, I mean, I respect this game so much. And... Um, I give him congratulations. I mean, he deserves it. I think he's just, for me, he exceeded my expectations. They were high, and I think he has gone beyond my wildest dreams of what he's capable of. Yeah, well said. And here's 
I mean, kind of the counterpoint that I would say is that, you know, to my knowledge, LeBron isn't retiring tomorrow. We don't know no. when this ends. And I, I do think like in, let's say, let's fast forward 20 years from now, say LeBron passes Kareem on the scoring list. LeBron gets like all these all time numbers records along with it, you know, gets climbs even higher on the all times assists, all times rebounds, that that kind of stuff. Um, that is impressive to look back on when, you know, especially like when you're a kid and you're looking at the stat books um, and, and things along those lines, or I guess nowadays the kids would be maybe Googling basketball reference um, mm-hmm. if, if their parents are in the know about that. Um, and I, I think when you, when you think of kids like seeing that, that may be more impactful than even seeing some of Jordan's highlights in, in a way. Um, now, look, the 6-0 and thing, that, that's right on point. I mean, some people are never going to let that go. I, I totally agree with you on that. You know, I, I think it would be more effective to put, like, if, if you're arguing in LeBron's case, it would be much more beneficial to LeBron if you put their seasons side by side and looked at their exits every single year rather than just, you know, go for the finals um, but you know, the Jordan fans aren't, aren't going to do that obviously, or, you know, accept that they're going to say, Hey, LeBron lost as many times as Jordan won and was undefeated. <laughs> and you know, that that's certainly, certainly an argument, uh, which is why, I mean, I think this is going to be a great argument for years to come. Um, so, um, you know, transitioning, I, I don't know how much more you wanted to get into the GOAT talk because, you know, we, we could go off forever about this. Yeah. Um, what what are your thoughts on this Lakers team as an all-time champ in, in kind of the, you know, I guess maybe looking from like the 2000s on? I mean, I'm thinking Bill Simmons and Zach Lowe had an interesting podcast this week where they kind of did this tournament of former NBA championship teams of the 2000s. Where do you think this team stacks up for, uh, like, in the scope of NBA history, let's say? Good question. I'm I, not asking you to put a number on it. Just, you know, no. just in general. Are, are uh, they a good champion? Are they kind of a weak champion? Does this title deserve an asterisk because of everything that's gone on? Um, um, you know, no what are your thoughts on their place in history? I agree. Yeah. yeah. I think with Jeannie Buss, you know, you, you hear those speeches from executives of the of the franchise and they come off as kind of corny and, you know, kind of self-serving. But she brought up a good point. I mean, and Frank Vogel alluded to this. You mean all the adversity they, they've gone through. Kobe's death, I mean, even David Stern's death, um, the coronavirus, Rondo not getting into, you know, actually play until later on into the playoffs, just, you know, even LeBron's injury last year, they've gone through a lot of adversity and they've overcome it. So that deserves a lot of credit that would destroy other teams. I would put them in the middle of the pack. Um, I don't think they're elite because to me, just with the Lakers' talent and just the mismatch of the Heat, they, they should have destroyed the Heat every single game like we saw Game 6. I mean, mm. I, I like tonight is what I expected from the entire series. I, it was a mismatch. <laughs> um, the, the, just the Lakers are just too talented. Um, 
with LeBron and Anthony Davis and the way they play defensively, it's it's a it's a mismatch. And for the Heat to take them six, I can't consider them elite. It's not so much saying that they're you know a disappointing championship team. I don't think so. I don't think they deserve an asterisk. I think they deserve the title fully. But you know we're getting into like the best teams ever. I don't think they're deserving of that, um, or even in the top ten. Uh, but but at the same time, I respect what they've gone through because this has been a challenging season, and I think this season was a coming of age for Anthony Davis. I think we saw, and not only this series but the entire playoffs, him really take the reins on it. And I think Kobe Steph played a factor in it because you know the ABC coverage stated that you know Kobe was a mentor to Anthony Davis on the 2012 Olympic team. And I, you saw him reference Kobe several times unpromptly, and him, you know, it's famously yell Kobe when he hit the game-winning shot in the playoffs. Yes, um, I think we saw a coming of age and just that fervor, that hunger, that hunger, just him having that confidence. LeBron really is one underrated part of the series. Is LeBron mentoring Anthony Davis? This has not been really discussed. Like him bringing in that killer instinct, and I think when LeBron is gone. And we see Anthony Davis be the be the focal point. I think this this finals NBA Finals is going to prove pivotal into Anthony Davis's legacy. So I think overall, I would put it in the middle of the pack. Um, but I totally respect this season. I totally respect what the Lakers have done. So let me. I got two follow ups for you based on what you just said. So so one of the ways that I, I thought was interesting that. Bill Simmons and Zach Lowe ranked this Lakers team. They said they thought this 2020 Lakers team would have beaten, like looking at, again, the perspective of all-time champions from the 2000s and on, they they put them above the 2008 Celtics. They, they said, yeah, I think this Lakers team has so much talent at the top and so much experience and depth on the roster that I do think they would have eclipsed the 2008 Celtics. Would you agree with them on that? Or do you think like that Celtics team with KG and Ray Allen and Paul Pierce would have bested them, you know, in this, in this hypothetical championship? Do you think that's a fair ranking or is that too much praise? That's a good question. Um, yeah, it's really tough yeah. in my mind because that that Celtics team yeah. is so balanced and has bigs they can throw at them. That's true. Um, I wasn't really a fan of that Celtics team to be honest. Me either. All the way. <laughs> I I mean I liked KG and I liked Rondo, Paul Pierce. I don't know. I've always not been a fan of his. Yeah, I me respected too. <laughs> his game. I think he's way overrated. Um. Yeah. It's tough. I think it's all about matchups. I would say that I remember the Celtics having a deeper bench than the Lakers. Um, I don't know how Caruso and JaVel McGee would do against them. But at the same time, you know, yeah. Dwight Howard, I mean, he's past his prime, but in terms of physically gifted, I mean, he's more physically gifted than Kendrick Perkins and Big Baby. I think that would yeah. be matchup so i think it's i think it's interesting i think it's a it would be an interesting matchup to see kg go up against somebody who's just as physically talented and just to see if kg can get in anthony davis's head 
I think that would be very compelling because Anthony Davis is very Tim Duncan-like, but he's not like stoic like Tim Duncan. Like you can still see the emotion. I can see him getting under Anthony Davis's skin. I think it'd be very interesting. I think that'd yeah. be a very interesting series to, to watch. I think they're for different reasons. I would say they're on the same level. I don't know. You yeah. May, I, one day you may I may put one team ahead of the other one, but I, I don't think it's a huge disparity between either one of those teams. Yeah, for me, I probably put give the Lakers the edge just because they have LeBron. Um, you know, which is certainly a good argument either way, because um, for a little while there, the Celtics were kind of the kryptonite for LeBron. Um, but but yeah, I mean, my larger point being is it, it does kind of feel like that creates the right line, right, for where this team is legacy wise, at least now in the moment. Don't you think so? So they're not like the 2001 Lakers that were insane. No. They're not the 2017 Warriors, which arguably might be the greatest team ever assembled uh, in terms of, you know, collection of talent, um, at least in the 2000s era, let's say. Um, I, I don't think they're the 2020 Lakers are quite on that level, but they're, you know, they're somewhere. Yeah, maybe maybe above average in in caliber of champion over the 2000s. Uh, my second question I wanted to ask you that. A lot of people have been asking, but but I just want to get your thoughts on it. Do you think Anthony Davis is LeBron James's best teammate of all time? And I mean that in in that he complements what LeBron James brings to the table the best of anyone he's played with. Good question. I would say Dwayne Wade is still number one to me. Mm. I. I I really, and now I, some people may think, you know, with, the, with all the drama and everything, but they were just such a lethal combination together. Like 2011 and, D-Wade? Yeah. still kind of in that yeah. prime window? I yeah. I think it's too early to tell with Anthony Davis. And his season was so weird. And then last season, LeBron got hurt. Um, I, I think because the, their friendship played a lot more into it. Yeah. Uh, it's, just, it's such a huge compliment. I mean, and I don't know, it could be a factor, too. I mean, how do you have that criteria, right? I mean, is it assist towards LeBron, towards Anthony Davis? Is it memorable plays to one player to another? Because I will tell you, from a just a play standpoint, I mean, there's a, an intense highlight reel of just, you know, Dwayne Wade passing it to LeBron over and over and over and over again. Yeah, uh, and the know, other way around, so, too. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's too early to really – put Anthony Davis in there. Um, I would say, though, maybe from a kind of planting the seeds for a player to succeed. And I know, I know this is not really answering your question, but from, I guess, a mentorship, the way Kyrie wasn't really open to LeBron, I think Anthony Davis is. Anthony yeah. Davis wants to be a winner in his league. He, he, he wants it so badly, even though he might have a quiet personality. I mean, he wants it just as bad as Damian Lillard does. He's just quieter about it. Um, so overall, I would put um, right now the duo of Dwayne Wade and LeBron ahead of them. But again, we're, what, two seasons into it. Um, and we will have to see what, what happens moving forward. It could be a situation in which they're playing each, with each other a long time. And LeBron, you know, as he's, he, I mean, he can't play at this level forever. 
um, it, it could be in a situation in which he is kind of passing the baton off to Anthony Davis. And some of those tendencies that LeBron may have rub off on Anthony Davis, and that could help his game. That could be another factor that we're not considering through this compared to, you know, LeBron and Dwayne Wade being contemporaries or Kyrie Irving being just kind of going off in his own world, not really wanting to take the leadership from LeBron. So I don't know. I think it's kind of too early, but if you force me to pick, I would pick Dwayne Wade LeBron. Yeah. I've, and I, I'm trying to think of it more in, in a sense of like fit on the basketball court. Sure. Because, because I do think on the heat and it hurts my heart to say it. Cause I love those heat teams. I know a lot of people hated them and that LeBron left and all that. I wasn't among them. I, I thought it was totally okay. And I have, I rooted for those heat teams. Um, and I, I love the kind of Batman Robin thing, but there was that Me kind too. of awkwardness of like, especially in 2011, you know, which they lost to the Mavs famously, of course, it's, it's one of the only black marks I would say on, on LeBron James's resume really is how he performed in that final specifically. Um, you know, there, there are certainly other controversies about his career, et cetera, but, but that's really the glaring one. I, I think most people would agree um, but you know, there, there was a lot of confusion about who should, who should take the shot now, who should take the shot now. And sometimes you'd see them kind of trading off 2012, 2013. They, they obviously figured that out and it was, it was a thing of beauty. You also had this cool element of them both being elite level perimeter defenders. I mean, LeBron was an elite level all around defender at, at the time, really, um, and, and that was kind of cool to see them. Like sometimes they would trade off steals and you'd get a lot of fast breaks. Like you mentioned clips of Wade tossing an alley-oop to LeBron and the other way around. Um, so some of that was awesome, but I do think fit on the court wise, I I'm already ready to say with Anthony Davis, it just flows so much more naturally. And, and it may also be the whole mentor mentee role is more clearly defined. Like you're saying like th- this is really LeBron is the leader of this team. There's never been an argument about that. LeBron controls the ball, makes the decisions. And with Davis being a big, you know, it it just makes a lot more sense when he's running a pick and roll and LeBron can throw an alley-oop to him or LeBron's a distraction, uh, kind of a decoy for Davis to get open for an alley-oop from Rondo. Or, you know, it, it just seems from an X's and O's perspective that with Anthony Davis, it, it just fits a lot better. Um, but, you know, again, time will tell. Um, I, I don't know, you know, LeBron can out, has, has outrun father time to this point. We may not see as, as many finals runs with these two guys together as, as we did with the Heat, you know, which was four years in a row that those guys were in the finals. Uh, so legacy-wise, I don't know, but X's and O's-wise, I do think Davis is the better teammate for LeBron. Yeah, I can see that. I just think, you know, I would like to see more of a sample size, but, you sure. know, give it next season, I, I could change my mind as well um, on that subject. I think, man, I really don't have anything too much to add among this series. I, I, I do kind of want to get your perspective kind of wrapping a bow on it because, you know, next week we're going to kind of go over kind of what to look forward to the next season. It's kind of a massive question mark. So um, just in terms of reflection on this season, how do you think it went from, let's say, a pure basketball perspective? 
Do you think we were cheated out of like a regular NBA finals? Or do you think the overall product on the court, seeing the Lakers being crowned the champions was the ultimate fate of this season, regardless of a pandemic? You know, Scotty Pippen had a take that was like, and a lot of people have said, this is like pickup ball. This is an asterisk on, on this title for sure. From what I I saw on the court, I really strongly disagree with what he said. And and you mentioned it earlier, and you and I have been consistent throughout this, that it doesn't feel like an asterisk title. Uh, I said even before the bubble started that I'm not putting an asterisk on this champion because there is competitive balance here. They're all in this bubble together. It, nobody has a distinct advantage. Um, so, so it feels you know, like, like a rightful NBA championship. I'm I'm not going to be one of these people saying like, oh yeah, LeBron has four, but one of them was in the bubble and we know that that wasn't basketball. It felt like good competitive basketball uh, throughout. Uh, you know, if, if you don't count those scrimmages that were warm-up games and didn't count on the season record, let's, let's be honest, those were exhibition games. So um, it, it felt like a great product. I think the NBA deserves a lot of credit. Again, I, I said it earlier, but I'll reiterate. I think they deserve a lot of credit for getting this season done. Um, you know, in March, we, we just weren't sure if that was going to be the case. Um, so from a pure basketball perspective, I mean, total victory. Uh, we, we got to see Luca's legacy get built up a little bit more. We got to see Jokic and Jamal Murray build up their legacies a little bit more as as young budding stars all in the West. Uh, I'm excited to maybe pick the Mavericks as my league pass team next year. That That's one of the big things I'm looking forward to for next season. Um, we also got, I mean, the emergence of of this Heat team and Heat culture making a reappearance. I mean, a franchise that that has been great for a long time, but coming back with some younger talent. I mean, Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, very fun. Um, Giannis, we got to see, um, his talent on display, you know, it was unfortunate how that, that heat series went down and everything, but we got to see some great games out of Giannis in the bubble as well. So I think in, in the grand scheme of things, I mean, I'm really happy from the on-court perspective about the way things went down off the court. There, there are other things that I think will continue to be discussed. And you and I are going to talk about that some more next week, but, you know, I, I'm very happy with the NBA getting this season done um, and having good competitive basketball for us. Um, and, you know, whether it's due to election year or coronavirus or whatever, you know, I, I do hope as someone that loves the NBA, I hope we see ratings return to normal as as I hope that more importantly, that society kind of returns to normal and and we're able to safely do more things and, and get back to as, as close to normalcy as we can. So anyway, apologies for the long winded statement. Um, I, I want to know your thoughts as well. How do you feel like this was handled? Um, do you, what are, what are your thoughts on the 2019, 2020 season as a whole to kind of tie a bow on all this? Yeah. Um, first from an NBA perspective, I think the NBA should be very proud of themselves. I think, from a, like you said, I think from a NBA and WNBA perspective, zero coronavirus positive cases. Um, that's a massive accomplishment. So I think props to the league from that perspective, too. Props to the league from a social justice standpoint. I think, at least in terms of 
Black Lives Matter and everything going on, at least from this season, I think they did a pretty solid job from a league standpoint, even though I had my Bs. I would say I would give it a B. I have my problems, but overall, um, compared to in years past, the players really saying nothing about this. I give the players in the NBA um, tons of credit. Um, and I think in terms from a basketball perspective, I didn't see a difference. I think we would have seen basically the same thing happen if there are fans. Um, I think probably the only dip, massive difference would be maybe tonight. I don't think the Heat would have gotten blown out that much just because perhaps – the fans would have gotten them into it. I think maybe you would have seen maybe a run here or there. Um, and I think that would have been a factor throughout the, the playoffs. But mostly from the matchups, you, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks deserved to lose. You know, the 76ers deserved to lose. I mean, it wasn't because of the bubble. Um, it was yep. because of their actions. So the Clippers overall, deserved I, to lose. <laughs> they did. Yeah, it's true. So I don't, I don't, I don't want to hear, oh, well, there's the bubble, and that screwed the, the Clippers. Like, no, like, <laughs> they were the inferior team, and, you know, they were unable to um, rise to the occasion of their talent. Um, I think moving forward, that's going to be the challenge of this league. The league has a lot of challenges um, just past coronavirus that they're going to have to um, deal with and that's something we'll, we'll discuss on future shows but I think on this season I was very pleased overall I think from a presentation standpoint I couldn't have really asked for more maybe other than just uncensored audio from the court I think that was something <laughs> that I would have really appreciated but I understand from a just television standpoint um, that's not possible but really other than that um, I, I was pleased overall with, with the bubble um, this season. Awesome. Um, any other thoughts on the Lakers title tonight or anything else from the 2020 season? No, man. Just uh, congrats to the L.A. Lakers. Congrats to the Miami Heat and Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolstra and Tyler Hero. I know Butler's probably going to be you know disturbed and probably out running on the beach tomorrow at 4 a.m., you know, um, just bombed out that they weren't able to pull it off. But I think that the, the Heat should be very proud of themselves. And I think the Lakers moving forward, I, it's going to be very interesting next season because there's going to be two other factors to consider. That's Brooklyn and that's the Golden State Warriors um, that weren't a factor this season. So yeah. it's, it's going to be very exciting, I think, when everything – finally comes back to normal. I, I really, like you said, Matt, I, I hope the ratings come back. And I think they will. I think we're, I mean, it's hard for it not to when you have the Golden State Warriors, Zion, Brooklyn, and the, um, and the Los Angeles Lakers. I, with all those factors for the ratings still to be down, I, I think there's something else going on. So I, I, I just don't see that being the case. Maybe I'm being overly optimistic. No, I think you're right. And I, I think we're seeing a trend this season. And really, it started last season with some of the big free agency moves. But we're seeing teams constructed with now uh, star duos rather than trios. So rather than big threes, we're seeing dynamic duos, which I think is really good for the league as a whole. Um, so so I'm excited for that format. You know, you could argue Golden State, depending on how Draymond looks next year, you know, maybe that's sort of a big three. 
Um, but you know, I, I like the way the rosters are spaced out around the league. It's going to be a very, very deep league in what was already a very deep league this year. Uh, so a lot to look forward to, to 2020 and who would have thought that the 2020 NBA champion and I'll, I'll end my comments on this. And if you want to talk about something else, we can, or, or we can wrap up, but in, in 2020, who would have thought that the NBA championship roster would include Rajon Rondo, Markeith Morris, JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard, J.R. Smith, and Kyle Kuzma? I, I would not have predicted that at the start of the year. Um, but hey, credit to the Lakers. They got it done, man. Um, so, so credit to them and their fans. Congratulations. Enjoy the title, which is a legit title. Um, and congrats to the NBA for pulling off this season, which again, many of us thought wouldn't happen. Um, it's, it's good to see this all go down and we can now prepare for, um, for the next season, which by the way, listeners don't, um, have, have no worries. We will be back with another episode. We will still have plenty to talk about next week. And in future weeks, the off season should be pretty jam packed. I think as we get ready for this next season that we're not sure, is it going to be in December or January? Uh, We'll have more on that in future episodes. So stay tuned, like, share, subscribe. Thank you all so much for listening. Justin, you got anything else for us for tonight? Uh, That'll do it, man. Um, As always, leave us a review on iTunes. Um, Positively, negatively, we appreciate the feedback. Follow us on um, our social media platforms, Facebook and Twitter. Also, check out our past archive. Again, a complete review breakdown of every episode of the last dance as well as requiem of a big east check out all those in our past archives as well as our um, catalog of interviews um that's all free and that's all free to check out on all your um podcasting streaming and yeah we appreciate you just um joining us on a just you know very unorthodox journey through the nba season um but it's been a memorable one um nevertheless and um we're not done um, I mean, there's going to be news pretty much happening until the next season happens. So um, it, it, just because we're not having basketball happening now doesn't mean that it's going to be dead on news. I mean, there's going to be uh, plenty to discuss until we, we see basketball um, again, whether it's in the bubble or in, in an arena. That's for sure. For sure. And if uh, if any of your other podcasts are taking a break, fear not, we'll be here. And Justin, I just want to say a real quick thank you for, you know, getting getting our dynamic duo back together when the Last Dance documentary came out. You were the one who really um, reached out to me and texted about getting this this started again. And it's it's been a lot of fun covering, you know, the second half of this season uh, and, and through through the pandemic and everything. Uh, kind of dusting off the basketball podcasting chops. It's It's been a pleasure, man, and, and looking forward to next season and many seasons after that. Yeah, man, must appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. I, my thanks to you for uh, hopping back on this uh, podcast and train. Really appreciate it. I, I've missed it. Um, so it's it's great to restart it again under these unusual circumstances. And I like, I, like you said, I look forward to many more seasons. Hey, if we can do the COVID season, <laughs> the right. next seasons are going to be a piece of cake. <laughs> yeah. We won't have to be studying epidemiology and other things like that, I hope. Right. Uh, Easy so. money. <laughs> That's right. For sure. Uh, so for Matt Thomas, I'm Justin Goodrum. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hoosology, and we'll see you next week. Peace.